I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast, the place to listen to and think about the bigger picture of living with a chronic illness. Moving away from the fix, reject, resist narrative, you'll find conversations about how your chronic illness can be a force for good in your life, your superpower even, and discussions about its potential to guide you towards a more aligned way of living and healing. I'm Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach. And today I welcome Tati Skomsky to the podcast for one juicy episode. It contributed to my um, realization that I needed to do something differently because I was so tired from fighting Mm -hmm. all the time. And I think that's another thing is like, I, I think both of us, you know, want to show people that it's so much easier if you just don't fight it, like let go of that fight, because as soon as you do, it's like a weight lifted off your shoulder. And that doesn't mean all your, you know, problems go away and everything is dandy, but it gives you like your power back in a lot of ways. And you can put that energy towards the things that really matter to you that you love and um, you're not wasting all of it on that fight. It's no secret that I choose to embrace my chronic illness as my ally and my superpower rather than think of it as something I need to fight and this is where Tati and I meet minds. The way we approach life when we allow ourselves to work with our chronic illnesses rather than against them is the difference between freedom and empowerment and restriction and control. Tati is a chronic illness business coach and mentor who specializes in helping chronic illness CEOs build six-figure-plus online businesses without sacrificing their health. As someone who has built a multiple six-figure business and lives with chronic illness herself, she believes that your chronic illness can be seen as your superpower inside of your business and life. Now, whilst the talk of making six figures may not be your jam, 
I think it is so important to share that part of Tati's story. When living with chronic illness, it's easy to think that your life will be limited and that you won't be able to reach the heights that people who don't live with chronic illness can. Tati is proof that that just isn't true and I love that she's a living, breathing, healthy example of the kind of life that you can create when you decide what your narrative is going to be around how you want to live with your chronic illness. I believe there's a fundamental why that connects us folk living with chronic illness. It's the why at the root cause of all our healing efforts. It can get quite complicated and fussy, but really it comes down to wanting to just get on with living life. The life you sometimes allow yourself to dream of. There's so much to say around that and far too much to cover now. It's what this podcast and my work as a coach is dedicated to looking at the bigger picture of living with a chronic illness and reimagining the part it plays in your life so that space is created for life and you to blossom. If you'd like to work with me, I've got some one-to-one spaces opening up. You can find out more by visiting alanaholloway.com forward slash coaching or by clicking the link in the show notes. Tati, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Uh, and and so am I. I'm really, um, I mean, we haven't really been connected for that long online, but actually we have so much common ground and I think um, we're going to have lots to talk about today. Yes, me too. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Um, I mean, I always say this, but my podcast episodes tend to go deep quite quickly um and um this one's probably going to be no different um (laughs) but just before we started recording I was just saying that you know I think we connected um because we have such um a shared philosophy I think um both of us live with chronic illnesses and both of us have found a way to be at peace with our chronic illnesses but also to see them as our allies and our superpowers um you specifically um, are a chronic business coach um, and you help other chronic illness business owners um, or business owners with chronic illnesses, um, Mm -hmm. you know, create a business that that uses their chronic illness as their superpower. Um, And I'd love to hear more about how you got started with that. Yes, absolutely. Well, I completely agree. I love that we share that philosophy and it's something that I say all the time um, that our chronic illnesses really can be our superpowers. And as soon as we can learn to work with them instead of against them, so much can come from that. It's like a floodgate is opened Mm. (laughs) and our lives can become so different. And it is a journey to get to that point. Right. And Mm -hmm. we can definitely talk about that. Um, but And when we can get to that point, it's just, it's completely life-changing. So I wanted to echo that. Um, I love that we share that philosophy because it's just, it's so important to me because it's changed my life so much. And I've seen it change, you know, my clients' lives and other people's lives. And um, it makes me so happy when, when other people can get to that point and and really embrace their chronic illnesses, something they can work with and and not against. Um, Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, how I got started um, being a, you know, a chronic illness business coach or a business coach for people with chronic illness, um, I sort of fell into it. Um, mm. It's kind of a funny journey. I didn't ever really anticipate that this is what I would be doing. Um, I always had this desire um, to be an entrepreneur but I didn't really know what that looked like. Um, you know, when I was younger, I thought, how cool would it be to, um, you know, have my own business and be my own boss. But I had, you know, zero idea what that would look like. Um, and so, you know, I sort of went through the motions, um, and, uh, you know, graduated high school. I went to college and, um, 
during that time, um, I was really sick and undiagnosed with my chronic illness. Um, mm-hmm. at the time I didn't know what was going on and, and really no one could give me answers. And so, um, I sort of learned how to, um, live amongst my pain. Um, I, I adapted, um, and I, I always had this, um, belief inside me that, I wasn't, whatever was going on with my health or my body, I knew something was going on something was wrong, but that I would do whatever I could to not let that hold me back or stop me from, you know, living the life that I wanted to, or achieving the things that I wanted to. Um, it got really hard at times, um, because as I'm sure, you know, and, and a lot of us with chronic illness know, sometimes you just can't like push through the pain, right. you know, sometimes you just fall on the floor and you cry and you just want to give up because you're in so much pain. Um, but I finally got some answers. I got a diagnosis, um, when I was a, a junior in college. So I was, um, my third year of college, I was almost graduated and, um, that's a whole nother story. It was kind of a crazy diagnosis story. Um, but I was hospitalized. I finally got an answer of ulcerative colitis and Mm -hmm. started, um, my path towards, um, you know, taking care of that Mm -hmm. and, and the right, you know, path of medications and treatments and all of that. Um, I did have to take some time off of school, which was, you know, devastating for me at the time, um, as a, you know, type a driven, you know, (laughs) perfectionist at the time. Um, that was really hard for me, but I was so sick. And so I took time off of school. I, I stayed with my parents for a little while and I, um, was finally able to start to feel better in my day-to-day life because I finally had answers. And that was so validating for so many reasons, Mm. not just not just because I had options for treatments, but because I finally felt like, yes, I knew something was wrong. I knew Mm. that like all those years that doctors were like, no, nothing's wrong. Like you're fine. I was like, you know, that gets into your head and that really makes you question yourself at times. Um, and so that was so validating for me to be like, yes, I knew it. I knew something was wrong and now I can, um, you know, work towards feeling better. That also came with a bunch of other challenges, you know, um, accepting the fact that I had a lifelong, you know, incurable chronic illness was a whole journey, um, that I didn't really anticipate going through. And I didn't really, I was very surprised with how much emotional work I had to do. Um, because, you know, my whole life, I wanted a diagnosis. I got one. And then I was like, resentful of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't want this. Um, so, you know, I did a lot of work along the way to get to the point where I really, you know, accepted my diagnosis. I embraced it. And I decided that I was going to use it as I was going to view it as my superpower and, Mm. and see it as my, like secret sauce. Um, there was so much that I learned along the way of, um, not only just getting to a point of diagnosis, but even after diagnosis, there was so much that I learned about myself and, um, what I loved, what I didn't love. It just gave me a new perspective on life. And that really motivated me to like, do something with that Mm -hmm. in my life. I wanted to create an impact, um, specifically in the chronic illness community, um, because it had, you know, changed my life in so many ways. And I felt like that was my path. Like I, as soon as I went through that journey of acceptance, um, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want to do something in the chronic illness community. So, um, this is a very long story, but, um, so interesting. I, I got to a point, you know, and I should say, um, I graduated college. I started my 
corporate career working mm-hmm. in PR and marketing, um, which was very stressful. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, you know, uh, drained me in a lot of ways. And a few years into that, I had that voice come back into my head that was like, Hey, remember when you thought about being an entrepreneur and you thought about, Oh, it would be so cool to have your own business. And it was like, as soon as that voice came back into my head, I could not quiet it. It was like, Mm. I tried to, for a while I was like, okay, but I have this career that I'm doing. So like, just go away. Cause (laughs) I'm on this path. Like, let's just not rock the boat. And the voice just kept getting louder and louder and louder. So I had to listen to it. And, um, I actually got laid off from one of my jobs at, um, a time that I didn't expect the company I was working for was bought out by another company. And, um, my position was no longer needed. And I had this six months of time where I was unemployed I wasn't in school and it was kind of the first time since my diagnosis that I was really forced to slow down and think about what I wanted in my career and what I wanted in my life. And, um, I had started my Instagram. I had started connecting with other people online with chronic illness. I was sharing my story and I was getting so much fulfillment from that. Mm -hmm. And i realized that I wanted to help people help people in a deeper way. Um, you know, I was spending a lot of time in my DMS, like answering people's questions about diagnosis and, you know, all the things. And I loved it so much. And I was like, I think that I can turn this into something. I think mm-hmm. that I can actually do this as a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I had started to see like coaching as a thing. I was like, Oh, like you can be a coach, you can be like a life coach or a health coach and really like get paid to help people in the ways that you want to. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so I went down that path. I got my certification, my, um, coaching certification. I actually started as a health coach. Um, and specifically what were, I was helping people, women specifically with chronic illness. Um, embrace their diagnosis, build confidence, build self-esteem, build that resilience so that they could go out and live the lives that they wanted to, um, without feeling like their chronic illness was, um, getting in their way. Mm -hmm. And that was beautiful and wonderful. And I was doing that as I got another full-time job in marketing. And I, um, you know, I wasn't quite ready to go out on my own. I was still had some fear, And, um, I was like, let's just see how this goes while I have my job. Essentially, I ended up working two full-time jobs doing that. And I was like, this is not sustainable for my health. Um, and so I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to walk away from my full-time job. I know that I can always come back to it. And if I don't do this now, if I don't try this, I'm going to regret it Mm. because, all I could do all day when I was at my job was think about (laughs) coaching and think about my other job. (laughs) Um, so I was like, I feel like I have to listen to that. Um, so I stepped away and, um, started, you know, coaching full time and that evolved pretty quickly into me becoming a business coach for other people with chronic illness who wanted to start their own businesses. Um, that was really born out of all of the conversations I ended up having with my clients, um, ended up being about how I got started, you know, building my business, how Mm -hmm. I was able to leave my full-time job. Like, and that's what I realized really lit me up when we would have those conversations. I was like, I could talk about that for hours. Mm -hmm. And so I made the switch and I realized, you know, all of this experience that I had working in marketing had really given me the tools to build my business, um, on my own online. And I wanted to be able to help others do that for themselves as well. So that was a really long story, but that's how I got to where I'm at now. And now I coach people full-time, um, who are building their own online businesses, 
um, whether they are helping other people with chronic illness or not, the, the people that I work with have chronic illness themselves. So mm-hmm. the foundations of everything that I teach my clients really are, um, come back to how can we make sure that our businesses are sustainable and are supportive of our chronic illnesses? Um, because there are a lot of coaches, business coaches out there who don't understand that life. And it right. is very different if you yes. don't have a chronic illness. So yeah, that's how I got here. And I, I love every minute of it. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Um, I love, I love that story. And I, a lot of the people I connect with, um, have, I think I love how you were, um, called to go into self-employment and, and owning a business um I think so many people have a different story in that they are perhaps they don't have a choice because chronic illness um can it was interesting you said quite you know a bit early you said about how you would push through and um you know, try and not let this chronic illness of yours or what what was undiagnosed at that time, but, you know, the way you felt stop you from right. living the life you wanted to live. Um, and I suppose I, I'm interested to know, has that feeling of like pushing, pushing changed to now? Do you see it differently? Oh my God, yes. Mm. <laughs> I look back and I'm like upset with myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish that I could like give myself a hug and tell myself to slow down. Um, because I know for a fact that me pushing myself back then, um, definitely affected my chronic illness. It definitely affected my health long-term. Um, and that was, you know, a promise that I made to myself going into working for myself. And, and honestly, it was a huge driver for working for myself was, Um, I, I wasn't necessarily forced to, but I felt my health declining again. Mm. I felt myself getting to a point where I was about to have a flare. And if I didn't change my circumstances, that that was exactly where I was going. And so when I stepped into self-employment, a huge reason was because I knew that I needed to put my health first. And this Mm -hmm. was going to be an opportunity to do that. But I also promised myself that along the way, I would always, always prioritize my health. And I would always check in with myself because, um, you know, I tend to have a little bit of a workaholic tendency, (laughs) you know, it's, Mm -hmm. I can easily slip back into that mode that I was when I was younger of like pushing myself. And so um, I'm very, very intentional about checking in with myself daily, weekly, monthly, all of the things of like, okay, how are you? How are we feeling? Is everything that we're doing right for where we're at? Is it supportive? Is it, are there things that I need to dial back? Are there maybe times where I'm, you know, feeling really good and I'm like, no, I can actually maybe add a little bit more, but I'm going to really monitor when I do that. I'm going to be really intentional and make sure that, um, when I am adding more that, you know, I monitor what that actually ends up looking like. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I pay attention to every single day. And, um, I feel really blessed to be able to do that. And it's something that I teach my clients and and something that I talk about online a lot is like, um, whether or not you decide to (laughs) start your own business or you are forced into looking at other options, either way, like there is a blessing that can come from working for yourself. And, um, once you can kind of let go of like whatever the circumstances were and you can get to that point where you can see, okay, regardless, this is where I'm at. And like, here's, here's how it can serve me. And I get to decide what this looks like. That's when you can have, you can like feel that power come back to you um, and step into like, this is, I'm going to make the best out of this, regardless Mm -hmm. if I was like, you know, forced into it or I made the decision to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I um, 
going into kind of a bit of the in circumstances perhaps where people are employed by you know a company or working in corporate in the corporate world or whatever um i have you know witnessed events where people perhaps have have had a big flare or received a diagnosis or whatever and and it's been a real check point for them and they've taken note that actually like I can't continue how mm-hmm. I am I need to I need some cooperation here with the people I'm working with um to be able to move forward in in work in a way that is good for me in a way that you know means that I can take care of myself and my chronic illness mm-hmm. um what I think is quite funny is that when you know people then become self-employed it's like they forget to have that conversation with you know them being the CEO them being the boss and it's like right this is the model that's created for you know this is this is how as you said like business coaching versus chronic illness business coaching is very different like um you know being informed chronic illness informed is so important and yeah I think you know we kind of perhaps can come out of corporate life or you know employed life start these businesses and this is a mistake I made with my first business like I saw these pictures of how it was meant to look and I was like right okay I need to work like that and I I died I died I didn't die but you know yeah I burnt out I fled so badly you know and it, Mm -hmm. it really put me into like the troughs of my illness yeah um and you know having do you find that that's quite a common a common thing for for the people you work with it is yeah I'm really glad that you brought that up and it's really like kind of the core of everything that I'm trying to like dismantle and Mm. rewire for people is that um self-employment and you know building a business of your own doesn't have to lead to that kind of burnout it doesn't have to lead to you being in like the worst flare of your life, like the whole intention around building this business that you are fulfilled by and passionate about. Um, I mean, ultimately like it needs to serve your life. And if you don't have your health, you don't, you're, you're not, you're in a flare. Yeah, exactly. You're like, what is the point, you know? And so that's a, a conversation I have with my clients every single day, right? Especially if what I found is that, um, regardless if, if you are, if you have the entrepreneurial brain, cause there definitely mm-hmm. is one, <laughs> yeah. um, you have the spirit, the entrepreneurial, you know, uh, spirit, yeah. then it is very, very easy to fall into that trap of, you know, I don't care. I'm just going to work until I die basically, because (laughs) I have to make this work. And, you know, there are a lot of external pressures that can be driving that right. Financial pressures, you know, the main one feeling like, okay, I need to get the money because mm. the difference between you being the boss and you working for someone for someone else is you are responsible for mm. making that money. <laughs> you yeah. don't have that paycheck coming from someone, you know, every week, every you don't week. get sick pay. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Right. And so it becomes, you know, wired into our brains that like, we have to do more, we have to do more, we have to do more. And that's why I check in with my clients every single day and we have conversations around um, taking steps back, pausing, mm. um, taking care of not only our mindset, but our physical selves. And so much of the, the coaching that I do, yes, it's business coaching, but honestly, it's, it's still, um, you know, the kind of coaching that I was doing back when I was a life coach. I'm right constantly checking in with my clients of like, you know, how, what is your morning routine looking like? How is your sleep? How is your, um, how are your eating habits? Like, where are you at with your doctor's appointments? Like, because if that is not in the top of our minds, we're going to fall back into that pattern Mm -hmm. of, 
work, 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 and push ourselves. And, and that's what I'm trying to dismantle because you don't have to, um, be in that hustle mode to still be successful in your business. Absolutely. And it's just rewiring our definition of a, what success looks like mm-hmm. and also be what it actually is. Yeah. Because those two, like we have been fed a certain version of success and I just, we just need to get rid of that. Like, it's just not, it's not good for anyone, but especially with, for people with chronic illness, like it's just not a healthy perspective. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, um, it did. And something that came to me as you were speaking actually was, um, do you think actually that, that those of us with chronic illness are more, um, likely to fall into that hustle mode because we've got something to we feel like we've got something to prove and we feel like no I'm going to defy this thing I'm going to prove to everybody that despite my illness I can be like you know the picture of societal success you know I can tick those boxes and when I closed my last business one of the biggest things I had to overcome was that feeling of shame and that feeling of guilt and Mm -hmm. um the admission that my body as I saw it then was stopping me from pursuing my dream was stopping me from helping people the way I was helping people but actually at the same time just so much relief right like and and okay actually now I get to rewrite my rules now I get to start on a clean slate now I've learned a lot and I get to create the business that I love, but that also really serves me. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm really glad you asked that because I do think it, it's interesting because um, I think that this happens to everyone, regardless mm. of chronic illness or not, we are going to find something. Our brains are going to try to sabotage us and find something that we can point to as a reason why we can't Mm. or a reason why we are going to fail. Um, Or, you know, it in, um, you know, the example that you're talking about when you closed your previous business, you, your brain was like, Oh, this is why you failed. Yeah. I'm using air quotes. People can't see me, but like failed. I, hate the term failure. Cause I just don't believe in it. I feel like everything that happens to us, like we learn something, we grow in some way or another. I just don't believe that we fail. Um, I think things come to an end for specific reasons. And, you know, from the story that you're telling, it sounds like that was for the best. And I mean, look at you now, totally. right? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're doing what you're meant to be doing. And so, um, I do think that when we have chronic illness and it becomes, you know, part of our identity, maybe not in the best way, we have some, you know, resentment around it or, you know, anger around it, which we all do, even when we've gotten to a good place. Like I have moments of resentment. I have moments of anger. I'm a human, Um, but it's whatever that identity is like our brain is going to like hold on to it and use it as a reason why we can't mm. use it as a reason that we are going to fail because regardless when you are you're starting something new you're you're putting yourself out there in a way like starting a business that's scary and so yeah. your brain is like oh no 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 <laughs> you, you can't do that because and it's going to yeah. find the reason whatever mm. it is but everybody experiences that, right. Regardless of if you have a chronic illness or not. Um, so that's just something that I wanted to share is like, yes, I totally think that, um, living with chronic illness, we feel like it's very easy to feel like, okay, we have something to prove that we are, um, you know, just as okay, just as normal, you know, just like we can do just as much as everybody else. Um, but also that, you know, regardless of chronic illness or not, like everybody experiences that 
different kind of identity that our brain will like grab onto and be like, this is why you can't do the thing that you want to do. Yeah. So, um, that's why it's so important that like we rewire that and we get to a point where we're not viewing our chronic illness as something that we're trying to like prove that we are like, we can do things because of mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but that we really just embrace it as part of who we are and also realize all of the like beautiful things that come from it that actually, I believe make us better entrepreneurs, make us better CEOs, make us better mm. leaders, better business owners. Um, and that we're going to build businesses that are going to last a lot longer because we're building it from a sustainable um, point from the beginning. And mm-hmm. we're not, we're like building the habits of not, bur- not burning out from the beginning. And I think that's why so many businesses stop or end or people close their businesses because they get burnt out and they're like, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course there's so many other reasons, but that, yeah, that's my thought on that is like, remember if you, if you have that feeling coming up, like check in with yourself and remember that when you're doing something new or different and putting yourself out there in a way that you never have before, your brain's going to try and protect you and stop you from doing that because it's scary. And yeah, I've never yeah. done it before. <laughs> right. And, and in turn, I think when, you know, we have created these businesses or let's transfer that to lives that um, do result in us constantly burning out that then validates those thoughts that we might have about our chronic illnesses about them being like the worst thing about us about them being you know the thing that ruins our lives because look here's all my evidence as to why this thing is like the worst thing in my life um and that I think is a big like process and a journey on its own as you say flipping that and and rewiring that kind of narrative um Mm -hmm. And asking yourself, okay, you know, if, if I didn't, what, something you said about, you know, I can be just as normal, I can be just as, I can do that just as good as that other person. Something I, I wrote a while ago was like, I think so much of what, us, of what causes us not to accept our chronic illnesses is thinking that if we do, we won't be able to be just as, but like, actually when you step back and look at it everybody chronic illness or not is thinking Mm -hmm. this thing about me means that I'm not just as normal but it doesn't exist that just like that normality that um idea that everybody's like got this um kind of barometer or whatever it just doesn't exist and don't let that be the thing that stops you from because essentially you're, you're rejecting a part of yourself, as you say, like, this is just part of our makeup. Exactly. And it just happens to have a label. Right. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's like everybody that's a human being has something Mm. about themselves that, um, you know, they could view like how we, not we, because we're a different place, but how we may have viewed our chronic illnesses as this part about ourselves that we hate. Yeah. Other people have those things in their lives that just aren't chronic illnesses. They have right. different identities. They have different experiences and things that they've gone through that they are pointing to as the thing that they hate. And that is going to stop them from doing X, Y, Z. I love that point. It's like, there is no normal, like, yeah. there, like, let's just get rid of that. Yeah. And, um, at the end of the day, we're all experiencing some sort of challenge in one way or another. And it might not feel like that because we have things like social media where we Mm -hmm. feel like, oh my gosh, we're just seeing this highlight reel of, you know, oh my God, Susie over here is just like thriving, living her best (laughs) life. Like I want to be like her. And it's like, well, let's remember that we're not seeing 90% of Susie's life, you know, and we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what she's dealing with, what she's experienced and all of that. So it's very easy with things like social media to feel like everyone except for you is normal or thriving and just 
doing amazing things. Um, but if let's just take social media with a grain of salt, right. And remember it is a highlight reel. And at the end of the day, like we all have those different identities and challenges, chronic illness or not, Mm -hmm. that we can view as the thing that is going to stop us from doing what we want to do. Um, and it's up to us to decide that that isn't going to be the thing that defines us in that way. Mm, mm, absolutely. And, you know, thinking of this, if we look at social media, it's like mass connection, right? And it and it's quite shallow connection. And mm-hmm. um, whether it's highlight reel or whether it's actually somebody showing their, maybe let's call it a low light reel or whatever, I don't know. Right. Whatever it is, always um, something I'm experience a lot, experiencing a lot recently is that feeling of like I'm not doing enough and I and and whatever it is is like I'm feeling lack because either um you know I'm not in the best place with social media at the moment anyway like it's just something that actually I'm thinking you know rethinking completely but um you know is either I'm not sharing either I'm not being true enough to myself because that person's just been really vulnerable over there and like really showed the thing why can't I do that or um you know, or that person's living like an amazing, you know, life and having an amazing experiences. Why can't I do that? And it's like, you know, I'm, it's not, and I understand, like, when I say I'm not in the best place, I understand that that is so much, that's just what social media is like, you know, and I think I could be as grounded and feel as, you know, strong in myself and my beliefs as ever. And I could still go on there and feel those things. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I think we all do. I experience Mm. those things, you know, I think, and that's something that actually really helps me is, um, whenever I'm, you know, scrolling or whatever it is, and I start to feel that like, yes, like that comparison or that, like, I'm not doing enough or, you know, everything that you just described. Um, I try to take a step back and remember, like, okay, this person that I'm looking at that I'm feeling like is doing so much more than me and I want to be like them, I bet you that they're scrolling and feeling that way about someone else and that they're comparing themselves to someone else. And that Mm -hmm. it kind of goes back to, it's very similar to like what we were just talking about is like, we all, like, we think that we're the only ones (laughs) that feel that way. And it's just not true. Like, we have conversations like this and we're like, Oh, you feel that way too. Oh, (laughs) me too. And then it's like, Oh, duh. Everybody feels that way. You know, it's not, Mm. we're not living in a singular experience where we're the, we are the only ones that feel like that comparison that comes up on social media. Like we're not doing enough. We're not sharing enough. We're not whatever it is. Um, but remembering that like everybody experiences that. And like, sometimes a lot of the times, like just take a step away, you know, like close the app, like get off the app. And like, I really try to be super intentional about my time on social media. Tati, I'd love to ask you how your current project at the moment is um, working with people in building confidence around showing up online and talking about the chronic illness and telling their story. Um, And I think that really translates into actually real life, not just online, and how sometimes people can have perceptions about what your chronic illness might be like for you based on like the status quo. And I'd love to talk to you a bit more about kind of your experience with that, but also the experience of perhaps the people you're connecting with at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought this up. It's so important. Um, So the intention really around my new mini course, so it's a mini course um, Mm -hmm. called Courageous, Chronic and Confident. And like you mentioned, it it really is helping people build that confidence and that mindset um, around owning their chronic illness story and showing Mm. up online in a really authentic way, true to themselves, where it's not um, always a highlight reel, low light reel, like we we were just talking about. Um, It's really 
uh, true to them where they're at in that, in their journey. And that looks different for everyone at every different point. Right. right? And the reason that I wanted to create that was because I wish that I had that. And as I was even before showing up online and sharing my chronic illness story, I had to learn how to build my confidence back up after Mm -hmm. going through my diagnosis and after, you know, starting to live life, quote unquote, a few years after diagnosis, I had this moment where I was like, wow, I feel like my confidence is just stripped away. And I feel like I'm living two different identities almost. Like I have my chronic illness and I, and I'm sort of managing it behind closed doors and with my friends and family and everyone in the outside world, I'm like, Oh yeah, everything's great (laughs) and fine. And, um, it's not like I was hiding my chronic illness, but I wasn't necessarily, talking about it openly in a really honest way, which Mm -hmm. I feel like when I talk about confidence, that's really what I'm talking about is owning and sharing your story honestly and authentically, no matter what that looks like for you. So it's not just, um, sharing your story and in a way that is like rainbows and butterflies (laughs) and that here's all of the amazing things that it's given me and all of the awesomeness that I've learned, but, but all of like the good, bad and the ugly. Um, so it, it really stemmed from what I needed and what I went through in my daily life outside of social media. This was like way before I ever started sharing my story online. Yeah. And once I was able to rebuild that confidence with myself and I started sharing my story in real life, you know, quote unquote, real life, um, and really owning that and not, you know, sort of separating it between my identities. That's when I realized I really wanted to connect with more people online. I wanted to share my story and, uh, online, um, and create a broader impact. Um, so that's really the intention around it. And that's, um, why I created it because I want people to be able to build that confidence and that mindset, regardless of whether or not they want to show up online. Um, of course I go into how you can do that, but, Mm -hmm. um, it starts with you before anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I think I had a bit of like an identity crisis when it first came to me, like just full on accepting my chronic illness, like let alone sharing my story. Actually, that's no, that's a bit weird, actually, because I had started sharing my story, but not not owning up to the fact that I had a chronic illness. So, yeah, I've actually found like sharing my story hugely cathartic um, over kind of right over the years I've been doing it. But I think the thing that acceptance like changed for me was the ability to like really get into my truth versus telling my story whether that be in you know in real life in person Mm -hmm. or online um in a way that I thought was expected of me like in a way that I thought like was acceptable to you know Mm -hmm. the general public and um yeah and how that's changed over kind of that time and and like post acceptance or you know I'm not saying post acceptance because that's a, you know a journey right always right? of course <laughs> <laughs> um but that kind of initial stage of acceptance I think um I started to like look at what was way beyond my chronic illness and isolation and mm-hmm. actually start to be able to work through and deal with the fallout of living with a chronic illness you know the way it just literally impacts your whole life um absolutely and 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 the lives of those around you actually and and that's been like life-changing I'd say yeah I I mean I totally agree it is it's something that impacts your entire life and I feel like from my experience when I was first diagnosed and and sort of coming to terms with this diagnosis like I was talking about earlier, I sort of had these, I separated it. Mm. I, I had like these two different identities because, Mm -hmm. 
I think the reason for that was because I so badly just wanted to be normal, right? You know, quote unquote normal. Like, I finally had an answer that I'd been searching for my entire life, which gave me some different paths for starting to feel better. And so I thought, great, this is my chance to be normal. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to like push this over here and like, (laughs) you know, do what I have to do, go to the doctors, the appointments, take my Medicaid, whatever. Yeah. And then I get to go out in the world and be normal. And that definitely, I feel like I had an identity crisis because Mm -hmm. of that, because I was living in these two separate worlds and it got to a point where it was so much. And I had that moment of realization where I was like, this impacts my life in every aspect. And I get to decide whether I get to decide how I see that I get Mm. to decide what view I have on that. If it's good, bad, ugly, whatever. And I'm okay with that fluctuating from time to time, right? Like we've talked a lot about, it's not linear, like acceptance, just life with chronic illness. There are ups (laughs) and downs, even when you're at a place where you're have a really great relationship with it, there are ups and downs, Yeah, but, um, that acceptance of it bleeding into every part of my life and, that really helped me bring my identities back together, if that makes sense. And just recognizing, okay, this, this is so much bigger than, you know, what I am trying to sort of categorize it as. And I get to decide what I do with that. And that's what, you know, led me into, okay, I'm going to own my story. I'm going to actually like have a relationship with my story and my chronic illness. Um, and as we all know, relationships have ups and downs, Mm. they look, you know, different all the time, but that was a big turning point for me. It was like, okay, I'm going to have a relationship with this. I'm going to, um, not only get to a place where I feel like I have acceptance around it and ownership of it, but I'm going to start to share that with other people because if I want other people to know me Mm -hmm. in a deep way, I have to, this is part of me. So I'm, I'm going to share that with them. Yeah. So, and, and, and this is, I mean, that was all really beautiful. And, and this is what is, I see as the huge problem with this kind of like single story, single narrative status quo version or idea of how we're meant to live how we you know quote unquote meant to live with our chronic illnesses you know that says that we're meant to reject and push away and try to eradicate from our lives and try to silence you know with whatever um and actually all of our efforts should be poured into you know getting rid of this thing but all that does is create those separate identities and And what as, as for as long as we're living those separate identities, as you say, we can never bring them together and we can never become whole again, actually, and really love ourselves like truly, wholly, deeply. Um, and that is just so sad. And, yeah. it, you know, it makes it makes my heart hurt, really. And I think, you know, that's why I think the work that, you know, people like you and I do is is so important because we're perhaps, I I don't know, yeah, we're showing people that there's another way and that life is good, you know, on the other side of that. Yeah, and that, I love what you said about um, the, what I think the sort of status quo of fighting that Mm -hmm. identity there's so much energy that goes into that fight. Right. And all of it, like all of it. And we already don't have that much energy. Like we have limited energy. And so then we're constantly fighting that acceptance, fighting that, um, ownership of, okay, this is 
part of me. It's not all of me, but it's part of Mm me. And that's, I think something that I, it, it contributed to my, um, realization that I needed to do something differently because I was so tired from fighting Mm -hmm. all the time. And I think that's another thing is like, I, I think both of us, you know, want to show people that it's so much easier if you just don't fight it, like let go of that fight, because as soon as you do, it's like a weight lifted off your shoulder. And that doesn't mean all your, you know, problems go away and everything is dandy, but it gives you like your power back in a lot of ways. And you can put that energy towards the things that really matter to you that you love and, um, you're not wasting all of it on that fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's so rem- much. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I remember being so fearful that if I gave up that fight, my chronic illness would just like take over. You know, I yes. thought I was the thing that was stopping it from taking over. You know, I was literally just like keeping my head above water. And I thought that was that fight that I was fighting. That's what that was doing. But actually it was just the total opposite. And the total opposite happened when I stopped fighting and surrendered. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's so important is like, I, cause I totally agree. I felt like I had to fight. Mm. I felt like that was, um, if I, you know, quote unquote gave up that fight yeah. that I was failing and that, right. you know, chronic illness won. And, um, <laughs> it's really quite the opposite. It really yeah. is quite the opposite. Um, you get to decide at the end of the day, like you are in the driver's seat of your life. You get to decide, even though there are, when you have chronic illness, there are so many things that are out of your control. It feels like you have, you don't have decision power, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you do at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you get to decide how you show up and what that, what is worth fighting quote unquote. And what is it? Yeah. So I, I, kind of had a, an image in my head then when you were talking about like you know when you're a kid and you used to think like monsters were under the bed or something and yeah. you'd just stay in bed like rigid because you wouldn't want to no of course they're not under the bed but like right. if you look you know and then you're like oh I can sleep and relax now yeah <laughs> if you don't look you just like go to sleep well if you ever managed to get to sleep like petrified <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like that fear of looking yes. is like holding you back right. from just like letting go and relaxing. Right. And that, yeah. Yeah. So that's I, a great example. <laughs> and holding you back. Exactly. That it holds you back from, from moving forward. Doesn't it? Exactly. It, it, you stay stuck in that place. And for me, I remember like, I sort of told I had like a conversation with myself and I was like, you're, do you want to miss out on living the rest of your life because you're so afraid of, you know, identifying with chronic illness and what that is taking away from you and all of that? Do you want to miss out on all that? Do you want to wake up in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and be like, what the heck, Tati? What have you been, <laughs> why have you been fighting for so long? that was a, like a conversation that I had with myself. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I would rather go out and live my life as true to me as possible than fight to hold on to some identity that is no longer serving me. And that just isn't who I am anymore. And it, it does take you know, like we've talked about, it takes time and everybody's journey looks completely different going through that process. But if you can surrender to that process, it's life-changing. Yeah, totally. I had such a similar conversation with myself. It's quite funny. Um, Yeah. yeah. I feel like we all that are at this place, like we had that conversation or that like moment with ourselves where we were like, "Hmm, like, is this really what we want to feel every day is this how we want to be like is this our best self 
that yeah. we want to sh- show up as every single day. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. And there's so much that feels out of our control, but it goes back to what I was like, just saying, if we can recognize that there's actually so much in our control and also letting go of the things that aren't in our control actually give us a lot more of our power back than mm-hmm. trying to like grab onto those things that aren't into our control. Mm-hmm. It's totally. like the best. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I would, we're coming to kind of the end now, but I would love to know perhaps, you know, one to three ways that you view your chronic illness as your superpower. Oh my gosh. Put you on the spot. <laughs> That's beautiful though. I love that. Um, I definitely think that it has made me the most compassionate, understanding, loving person to all of my friends and family and even strangers. Um, I feel like that is a version of my superpower and, and what it has given me is like the compassion and ability to um, see the bigger picture and see like, okay, what is really important here or what really matters, but also to understand other people's, um, emotions and, and feelings when they are going through something really difficult. Cause I've been there and I know what that's mm. like. Um, so I, I feel like that is number one. And, and also just this might sound really cliche, but it really has given me my strength and my resilience. And, um, it's, it's something like that I say to myself where I'm like, you have been through literally the worst, like Mm -hmm. you have almost died because of your chronic illness and your body fought for you and Mm. you survived. And And I'm very careful with how I use that because I don't want to slip back into that mode that we were talking about earlier of like pushing through, Yeah. but I often just appreciate and I remember that I am stronger and and resilient, more resilient than I think I am. When I have those moments where I feel like, oh, wow, this is really going to break me. This is really hard. Mm -hmm. I think about that and it gives me like this moment of gratitude towards my body and myself of like, wow, you did that. You've been through that. And I know that you can get through hard things because Mm. of that. Um, I love that. Yeah. So I feel like those are my, my little superpower characteristics that my (laughs) illness has given me. And also just like, (laughs) yeah, it's just like my, it's given me a whole life of right. passion and fulfillment and the ability to help other people. And that I will be like forever grateful for. So yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing those. Yes. Thank you for asking me. I love that question. (laughs) Um, so where can people connect with you if, um, they want to, which I'm sure they will. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so Instagram is the best way. Um, my handle is at the Tati Skomsky. You just type in the Tati, I will probably pop up. <laughs> T-A-T-I. Um, but yeah, I love connecting with people, um, you know, regardless of, of the topic and conversation. Um, this community of chronic illness people is just like, yeah, my, they're my people. So um, I love having conversations and connecting. So definitely connect with me on Instagram, send me a DM. I would love to chat and, um, you know, be a part of each other's lives if possible. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. And I look forward to just being in your world. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I agree. I can't wait for more chats to come. I mean, how inspiring was that? The conversation had its twists and turns, but in the end, the like mic drop moment for me was this. It's not your chronic illness that's holding you back. It's the fear of giving up the fight. Now, just let that sink in a bit and, you know, think, what does that mean for you? 
You can find all of Tati's links in the show notes. And if you want to join the conversation of reframing your chronic illness on a more regular basis, and when this podcast is on season breaks, I'd love to welcome you to my newsletter. You can find the link in the show notes or by heading to alanaholloway.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.